So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. 720 WGN, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Representative Raja Krishnamurthy is with us. We're thankful that you picked up the phone yesterday representative and had a conversation with us when everybody was trying to figure out what was happening after Kevin McCarthy lost his job as Speaker of the House. What's happening today? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, What's happening today? Um, Well, late last night, um, you know, essentially the Republicans decided to adjourn because uh, they didn't have a speaker. They didn't have um, they didn't want to schedule elections, I guess, today. And so that's kind of the next step. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff in the House, you know, depends on having a speaker. And so unless and until we have uh, more than just a temporary speaker, which is what Patrick McHenry is, um, a lot of the work has come to a halt. I thought that his powers were limited, but he just took about a minute before he decided he would uh, boot Nancy Pelosi from her hideaway office. <laughs> what was that about? I don't know. It seems very petty to me. Um, and uh, in any case, I think that, you know, now they have much you know bigger issues that they have to contend with. Uh, as you know, the balloting at the beginning of this year in which, you know, Speaker McCarthy or Kevin McCarthy was selected was, you know, a big brouhaha, 15 ballots of uh, voting. And I really hope that's not what's in store for us again. Congressman, I think the answer is obvious, but I, well, I'm not sure because I'm asking it. But the temporary speaker or the acting speaker is not in the line of succession. Is that correct? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I I think that it's you know you have to be the permanently elected speaker. Okay. Um, and so, is it going to be either Scalise or Jordan, or do you expect someone else to jump in? Those are the two big names that I keep hearing. Um, Steve Scalise, as you know, uh, is the number two Republican in the House right now, and um, he's famous for uh, a couple things. One, um, he was shot and wounded uh, very seriously uh, in a uh, baseball practice several years ago. And, you know, he's recovered mostly, but he still has, um, you know, uh, issues stemming from that. And then this year he was diagnosed with a form of cancer for which he's undergoing uh, chemotherapy. Um, Jim Jordan is known to everybody because he's the chair of the Judiciary Committee. He's uh, Donald Trump's probably biggest ally in Congress. And um, there are some others that are floating their names, but I think these are the two most prominent. So uh, how, how many times has your text message gone off i mean what kind of infighting <laughs> who's trying to politic what is going on how many people are like raja how are you going to vote what's going on we know generally who you support you said yesterday yes hakeem jeffries is going to earn my vote again and i think he's going to get unanimous support from the caucus once again what is the uh what are you good democrats just sort of giggling behind closed doors or what's the mood there i don't actually you know it's interesting Um, you know, I, I kind of feel that, um, as an institution, we're struggling right now and I I haven't met too many Democrats that are like celebratory or kind of, uh, you know, 
making some popcorn to watch what's about to un- unfold. I-, I think that um, what we have is some real dysfunction and chaos. And you know, somebody called the Republican uh, caucus the chaos caucus. And I think there's a lot of truth to it, especially when they adopt the governing principle that, you know, nothing can really be a, uh, put on the floor in terms of legislation unless it has almost unanimous support of the Republican caucus. But if you adopt that principle, then basically you put enormous power in holdouts and extreme factions like the Freedom Caucus. And and that's what shows the instability that we see over and over again. I'm going to play some audio from uh, Mitch McConnell coming up at 2.30 where he has that very same advice. But how I just don't see Matt Gates or others giving up on that power now that they've earned it or won it. You make a, a very good point. I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know what Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan would say to um, kind of change the dynamics of, you know, what Kevin McCarthy saw earlier in the year. Now, the one thing that I I did notice over the course of the last nine months is that Kevin McCarthy has gotten into a lot of personality conflicts with a lot of members of his caucus. And I think those personality conflicts also, you know, um, ended up playing a big part in his undoing. I, I don't know if the same exists for Steve Scalise. At the end of the day, I mean, I don't need to tell you or your listeners this, but, you know, the, the House has got to operate for the, you know, the benefit of the American people. We operate best when we did what we did last Saturday, which is, put on the floor legislation that would command a majority of the House, not just Republicans uh, or any one faction. And and that's when the best results happen. John and Lisa were talking earlier about whether the Democrats might ever support sort of a compromised Republican candidate. I mean, say someone who agreed to put Ukrainian aid through or something like that. I mean, is there a scenario where you're going to help a Republican leader sort this out or is it going to be up to them? Well, it's up to them to first kind of talk to us about this. We were hoping uh, that some of us were hoping that Kevin McCarthy would actually have that conversation over the last couple of days with Hakeem Jeffries and us. We were actually expecting him to, uh, you know, talk about, for instance, um, you know, ways to avert a government shutdown going forward, taking that off the table, doing other things that create more stability in the House. However, what we quickly learned through that set of that, that, that experience and through other conversations is that it looks like you're not viewed as a legitimate candidate as a Republican if you rely on any support from Democrats. And that's indeed what happened with McCarthy, because um, believe it or not, uh, people like Matt Gates and others viewed it as a um, as a weakness, as a uh, as something to hold against him that the uh, legislation that passed on Saturday did so with a lot of democratic support. So this is a very bizarre situation, but that's kind of how things are in that caucus. That's right. Because Kevin McCarthy leaned on the Democrats to get that through. And then the hardliners leaned on you guys to help get him out. So in both situations, they relied on Democrats to push forward their agenda. It, It seems like you, might have some power, even though you are outnumbered. I mean, it took four days and 15 rounds to get him in as Speaker of the House. Is it going to be worse this time? I don't know, but 
um, if there was a way that a candidate could emerge on their side that could avoid the rules package or getting into the, the side deals that Kevin McCarthy did to get into the speakership, the, the most important problem that he created for himself was this motion to vacate based on one person making the motion, which you know Matt Gates did a couple of days ago. Um, if somebody could avoid making those side deals, maybe even talking to Hakeem Jeffries um, and, and seeing what can be done, um, who knows what, what will happen. But that, to me, is the, the way forward. Democrats and Republicans working together and sidelining kind of those extreme factions that have uh, really hurt us so far. Do you believe Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene will actually hold out her vote for Donald Trump? I saw that. I, she's... Um, Say it. Well, Say it, Raja. Is, she's is, what? Give is, me a good one. <laughs> This is family radio, uh, so I'm not going to say what I really think, but I'm on the oversight committee with her and Lauren Boebert uh, and some other folks. And I got to tell you, there's just a, a performative aspect to the way that they conduct themselves, which I haven't seen in a lot of people. Like everything is like it's almost like designed to you know, get clicks and, um, you know, get social media attention and to be provocative. The other day, for the second time in as many months, Marjorie Taylor Greene pulled out nudes of um, Hunter Biden uh, during the during the quote unquote impeachment inquiry hearing. And it's like, what are you doing? You know, this is just this is beneath the dignity of 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 the offices that we that we uh, and the people that we serve. Well, thank you so much for talking to the people you serve and doing it through 720 WGN, and we hope that you'll pick up the phone when we call again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Representative Raja Krishnamurthy, Steve's News is next on 720 WGN.